just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 86 of the Debbie Happy Hour. It is Thursday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day for those of you who celebrate. Hopefully you've recovered from a fun and safe night of partying. My name is Skip Newton. It's great to be back coming to you as always from Egan, Minnesota at SkipNewton31 on Twitter, but I've got to get to my co-host because it's been a fat minute from North Carolina. Matthew Jackson, how are you doing, buddy? Um, Hi, Skip. My name is Matthew Jackson. It's nice to meet you on this inaugural episode of of the Debbie Happy Hour. I'm glad (laughs) to be here with you. No kidding, dude. I don't even. I don't even want to go back and figure out when our last one was, <laughs> dude. I, I, it's good to be here. It's good to be here from North Carolina after my boys just absolutely throlloped um, Marquette earlier this afternoon. So I am in good spirits. Um, I've only lost one game in my March Madness bracket, so I am. I'm on a roll so far. Um, my bracket is not yet busted, so I'm, I'm doing good. So I don't know how yours is doing, but I hope you were having just as good as luck if you if you made one. Uh, I, I didn't, I, I don't have anybody that comes to me with a, you know, a, a, a bracket pool. If they had, I would have filled one out and I just didn't, you know, I don't do the, the free ones that are out there. Um, cause I know there's zero chance that I'm going to do well at it. So it's, it's really odd to be watching the tournament and not caring about a bracket. Now, I do join a couple of numbers pools, and we'll take a, a, a brief minute to talk about this because I got into this years ago, and it's so much fun. Basically, there's there's 100 squares, right? Because you've got 10 ending numbers for the winning team, 10 ending numbers for the losing team. And the, the cost per pool can, can vary. One of them is it's $100 a square, and I split it with a buddy of mine. And we Again, we've been doing this for... 15 years at least and every game pays so you get to the end of the game and you you like my numbers this year are six six for the winning team three for the losing team and it's amazing how exciting the ends of these games get and every game pays and then as you go deeper into the tournament it pays more and more you know because you got a a ten thousand dollar pot so it's it's pretty exciting and it incredibly I've got six and three in this one. I've got three and three in another. So anytime the losing team has three, I'm 
I'm very interested. He's like, ooh, I could win. There's been three games already today where the losing team has had three, and I've managed to not hit in yeah. any one of them yet. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> I feel like I feel like when it comes to like upset, six and three are like some of the more common ones to get upset. So I feel like you got a bad draw when it came when it comes to that. <laughs> well, the three and three, that's the the tough one because you got to hit it, every. It ha- yeah. Well, it has to be a ten point game, yeah. right? I mean, you, you you can't end in a tie. Whereas six and three, it can be a three point game, it can be a thirteen point game, it can be a twenty three point game. I just, yeah. So I'm hopefully it it, it turns around, but it, it makes every game exciting at the end. And well, every time I, every I time even, you have money on it, man, it makes it more interesting. So that makes right, that makes yeah. There's playing. this this radio host here, the Twin Cities on the on the sports station, and he says, "Whatever, gambling makes everything better." <laughs> Dude, that's why. That's why I did. It. That's why I did prize picks last year. It made college football even more exciting on top of the C to C that you already did. I mean, you have a little bit of money into it for, for the daily stuff, man. It makes it so much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We we are six weeks away from the NFL draft. Exactly six weeks from tonight. I don't know about you, but I am already in super hyped up draft mode. I mean, it it becomes a an event for, for me, you know, the Thursday night, I always host a big gathering and tons of people come over. I do some big grilling and then Friday I can, I can watch, you know, wherever we, we, we get together for Friday night. And then of course, Saturdays is kind of the nice relaxing, you know, enjoy the end. Do you have any, any draft day traditions other than skip, you watch, skip, watch the movie draft day, your, which I've never seen. What's your homework <laughs> assignment, skip? We talked about this last year. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you get away with it this time. You got, you've got one homework assignment this year for me and that's to watch the movie draft day. I am home alone for the next week. My, my daughter is at college and my son's spring break is next week, but, but him and my wife took off for Italy to visit family. And I'm not going because we're going to go as a, as a whole family in the summer. And I said, you know what? I'll just stay back. You guys go. And so I'm batching it for a week. And I think that should be my, my number one thing when it's, you know, the tournament's not on or I'm looking something to watch, to watch. All right. Where can I rent draft day? It's time. Yeah. I, I owe I owe you that I owe the listeners that <laughs> you, you, it, I'm telling you man it's worth it other than that man we me and my wife when when the draft was in Nashville uh, we were so close to it we drove down there and uh, spent the weekend in Nashville watching the draft but um outside of that um I I always my wife kind of knows how how big I am into the football scene so she always makes sure that we have appetizers you know big lots of meals and just you know go all into the draft prep she always gives me. Um, at least the first, the first two nights, you know, the first round, uh, and day two, round two and three to kind of chill out, watch TV, um, see where all these guys are going. And then I've kind of told her after that, you know, you're really just rounds four through seven, you know, you're, you're filling, you're filling squads and positional needs. It's not, you're not really looking for fantasy value after that. So I told her, uh, I, I like to watch rounds one through three. That's kind of where we make our money at as fantasy analysts, right? It's the rounds one through three. Um, so th- those are my traditions. We like to make appetizers, um, sit down, watch the draft. Um, I like to jump into some draft parties on StreamYard, on um, so, some of the other apps, and, and just chill with some of the guys in the community. Just always a good time. 
Yeah, that I would love to do that. And if I wasn't hosting a bunch of people, I absolutely would. Um, I know last year I was doing part of the live podcasting with Matt Hicks both Thursday and Friday during the day. So that was a lot of fun. Hopefully we do that again. But yeah, it's it's draft season. We're all getting ready for it. Um, we've got our analysis done. Of course, for those of you that are playing in Debbie leagues, you feel like you're you're probably a step ahead, right? I mean, you've you've been looking at a lot of these guys already, so you have a good idea of what they can do and where they're going to go for the most part. But you know, there's some some names on the list that that even I I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to do a little more research on on these guys because it feels like they're getting some steam. And I didn't really, you know, take a close look at them. So, you know, there's always work to do, but we got six weeks to get that done. And of course, the the draft capital and the landing spot matters significantly. So, you know, make sure you you adjust for that. Today's topic, getting back into Debbie, we're gonna talk just about a few risers and fallers, and then you know, just kind of any 2022 incoming freshmen that we are particularly excited about. So, Matt, I'm going to let you start it off. Who is your first guy that, you know, he's he's not a guy that people are taking in the first two rounds of a startup Debbie draft, but a year from now, you know, he's definitely going to be one of the guys where you think, all right, his value is shot way up. He's he's going to be one of those guys that everybody wants on their Debbie roster. Yeah. So, so that guy for me is definitely Marvin Harrison Jr. Out of Ohio state. If that name sounds familiar to you is because he is the son of former Colts wide receiver, Marvin Harrison. When you look at his stats, um, doesn't really jump off the page, right? 11 catches for 139 yards, three touchdowns. A majority of, of that came um, in, in the po- in the bowl game versus number 11 Utah, six catches for 71 yards, three touchdowns, set the bowl game record, um, tied it with three touchdowns with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of outshone, outshined him in that bowl game. You know, it's hard to catch 71 yards and three touchdowns and feel like you are a non-factor in that game. But with this, with the blow up that, J- that JSN had in that game, it kind of felt like Marvin Harrison was a non-factor. But when you look at what Marvin Harrison does, man, he he is probably the he came into this class. Um, he's a 2024 recruit. He was probably the most um, NFL ready, I would say, wide receiver in his class. Most refined route runner. He's got really good situational sideline awareness, solid hands. He's a really polished route runner. He's got great body control. And when you look at what this Ohio State team does well, what what is it that we always talk about at Ohio State football team, Skip? They have the wide receivers, right? This team can carry two and three wide receivers, and they can flourish in this offense. C.J. Stroud is going to come in. He's going to be the quarterback. He's going to push for another Heisman. And I, I said it last year, and I mentioned it on another pod, I called him to be a Heisman front runner last year. And I, I was right, and he, he's not going to be as much of a dark horse this year. But he, he's going to be a more, he's going to be more of the, in the leading the pack, more of a front runner this year. But he's going to have the weapons. He's going to have a guy that you're going to talk about um, coming up here. But he's going to have Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, he's going to have Jackson Smith and Jacob. He's going to put up just the same stats. I think that this wide receiver core is going to be a three-headed monster between Marvin Harrison Jr., um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then the guy you're going to talk about. Um, when you talk about fallers, is a guy that we're not going to talk about tonight. 
um, that I think really falls out of a lot of people's rankings or should fall out of a lot of people's rankings. And that's wide receiver Julian Fleming. I mean, I'm still seeing him go in the top five or six rounds and drafts. And I think that is just such a big mistake. Um, not, not a guy that's worthy of that draft spot at all. I mean, he's, he's the odd man, man out on this team. This team can support three wide receivers. It's going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. It's going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's going to be the guy you're going to talk about next. And that is about it for the guys that are going to be productive this year. Marvin Harrison Jr. is easily a guy that's outside of the first two rounds. That's going to climb into the first round after drafts this season. Yeah, he he definitely flashed enough in his his freshman season, and like you said, you know, playing for Ohio State with C.J. Stroud, I mean, they can support three productive wide receivers, and it's not just that that they're going to be productive, but they're that talented, you know. And and I've heard some people talk about you know that the two that are already you know rookies in Wilson and Olave, and when they talk about Olave. A lot of times they say, well, you know, this guy, this guy was third on his team in production. How, how good can he be? Well, Alabama had four guys on their roster all at the same time. And in two years, they, all four guys were first round picks in the NFL. So the answer is that's how good they can be. And just because they don't produce maybe what you would expect, you know, a wide receiver one to produce doesn't mean that they're not first round talent. And, you know, that, that's always been my spiel on, on Olave. I, we all love Garrett Wilson, but, you know, Jackson Smith, the Jigba's up there and everyone's looking to say, well, who's going to, who's going to step into those huge shoes of Wilson and Olave. And I, I agree with you completely. Marvin Harrison Jr. has already shown us that, that he is a good player and he just needs the opportunity because once he got it, he, he absolutely looked the part. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of him recently, but the dude is bulking yeah, he, up. He bulked, I mean, he bulked if up. those were real, it's he like, up. <laughs> holy crap, man. And and that kind of answers one of the questions of, you know, was he going to be too too small? Because he wasn't he wasn't a thick guy. I mean, he was he's kind of skinny. So it's like, well, clearly that's not going to be a problem. So, yeah, I agree. He he is an obvious one. And then, you know, you you tease it enough. Emeka Agbuka is the other guy. I, I think people are forgetting at just how talented and athletic this guy is. I mean, he was one of the top wide receivers in last year's class, and you know he returned he returned kicks for Ohio State. He he caught some passes, so it wasn't like he was completely invisible. But he showed everybody just how explosive he is. You know, on those kick returns, I, I want to say he averaged almost thirty yards, and he was not. He was not, you know, completely. The number wasn't expanded by like a super long touchdown, right? I mean, it was. I mean, he's just constantly getting a ton of yards on a kickoff return. So, I I'm a huge fan of both Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka, and I think they're both going to gain value because they're in a perfect system to do that. And it's just, it's a great, it's a great rotation that Ohio State has, you know, and then. Next year, those are going to be the top two guys. JSN's going to go pro, I'm I'm sure, and then it's going to be one of the guys that's on the team right now as a freshman, who's, you know, probably not going to get a whole lot of time unless there's an injury, and we're going to be talking about that guy next year at this time as the as the guy to go get. Oh, we're, so we're going to talk both, about we're going to talk about him tonight. <laughs> yeah, both little, Ohio State, 
both Ohio State wide receivers, go out and get them. You may think that their value's already gone up, especially in the case of Marvin Harrison Jr., and you're right, it has. It can go up more. Trust me on this. I mean, if, if we were talking last year and and we were talking about how talented Jackson Smith and Jigba was and we liked him, his value went way up as the year went on and you know he finished with a flurry in that monster, you know, Rose Bowl game. So what, yeah, you you're not what, gonna whatever you you're paid, not gonna regret getting them. Whatever you paid for Jackson Smith and Jigba last season, it wasn't enough. And whatever you're gonna pay for Marvin Harrison Jr. and Amikat Buka this year, it's not gonna be enough. So go out and pay the price now because I promise you it's not going to be enough. Like their value yeah, is going to yeah, be Yeah, you'll be glad you did. Absolutely. Uh, your next guy is is a good one because he hasn't played for a while. But I, I love that you're you're putting him on here because I think he needs to be talked about more. Who, who you got? Yeah, so the transfer from Ohio State, um, Quinn Ewers, came in as a um, very highly touted prospect. I mean, five-star prospect, number one overall prospect. Um, the next coming of Peyton Manning, of Tom Brady, of Aaron Rodgers, of whatever whatever the next great quarterback is, he was the next great coming of that, right? And, I mean, for for right reason. I mean, this kid has got a cannon. He's got great arm talent. I mean, hits all level throws. Um, Skip, we talked about it on, on the Campus Visit Pod. If you were listening um, to Sean McAvoy, he comes on and talks about these level throws and just mechanics and fundamentals of a quarterback. And he does everything – fundamentally that you want a quarterback to be able to do hits the level throws goes through his progressions well um extends the ball well he's got power to his throws um he's just he's he's just a solid quarterback what i really like about Quinn Ewers is the system that he's going to though he transferred out of ohio state um and don't think he transferred out because he couldn't play i mean he was we all knew that 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 room was loaded right you had um guys on that on that team you had um cj stroud there um, you had other guys on that roster that were just it was it was a clogged roster and five star recruits they just don't stay there. You know, Kyle McCord was there as well. That they, they, they don't stay there. They were they're gonna go somewhere where they can play. And Texas is still a good school. He transfers to Texas. He goes there. He's going to arguably um, a, a bet just just as good of an offense as Ohio State. I mean, I like their offense a whole lot. He's got the best back in the country in B. John Robinson. He's got a dynamic pass catcher, um, yards after the catch guy, Xavier Worthy, who I touted last season as a guy that you needed to go out and get. So hopefully you guys listened and went out and got Xavier Worthy because um, his price is definitely climbing um, right now. And then they've got um, transfers um, that have come over, and I'm blanking on the name of that transfer. Um, so... I want to say it's Isaiah, Nayor. Isaiah Nayor. That... Isaiah Nayor. Yeah. yeah. So they, I mean, they've got they've got a loaded team um, right now. This is one of of those teams that if they can't get it done with this team, um, that that coaching staff is going to be in, going to be on the hot seat um, within the next few years. I think um, this team is looking really good. Um, Quinn Ewers has got all the weapons um, to be able to succeed, and I think he's going to succeed. Um, right now, he's a top top um, second-round pick in startups from what I've seen. I'm picking him sheerly based on the fact that I think he he can climb even higher than that. I mean, this guy's going to be up early, early first-round pick um, by the time it's all said and done, and you're going to have to pay a humongous price for Quinn Ewers if he comes in and does what everybody thinks he can do. Yeah, if he if he looks as good as as what is predicted, then he's going to be the the 101 when he, when he goes pro. I mean, he's going to be that that heavily touted and you can't you can't go wrong by taking him now i just unless he completely falls on it 
on his face. I just, man, with all that talent around him and his natural ability, I think that's so highly unlikely. And we've talked about, you know, how quarterbacks are, are a bigger risk, but in this case, you know, he's, he's really being set up to succeed and it's not, you know, while he didn't play at Ohio state, he was in a good college program. So he's, he's, in you know on campus he's in that atmosphere he's learning from good coaches he's surrounded by by talented people and that that all can matter too so he gets kind of that first year you know under his belt learning and then he can come in now at Texas and and just be the man you know transferring was the right call you know because CJ Stroud looked so good and continued to get better as the season went on well he, okay he's not going to wait around you know, two, three years. So you might as well, might as well move. So excellent, excellent pick there. I mean, really you talk about the, the top quarterbacks in the, in the Debbie space and, you know, everybody loves Bryce Young. Everybody's loving CJ Stroud for obvious reasons. And then you can make a solid argument that Quinn Ewers is, is the third guy. I mean, Caleb Williams has looked good, but he, you know, there's some question marks there. And then there's a lot of a lot of doubt from the guys after that. There's some guys that have looked good, but they haven't looked good for long enough. I mean, just, just a lot of question marks at quarterback. So, you know, I think especially in a super flex league that that makes Ewers even more valuable. So, you know, he's, he's definitely worth it. If you're, if you're in a Debbie league that drafted last year and he wasn't included because he, he declared late, then, you know, he's, he's the first pick this year. And if you, if you're able to acquire them, absolutely go for it. You know, you, you might pay quite a bit, but I think I think it'd be worth it. I don't I think you're gonna regret it. I'm gonna stick at quarterback for my guy, and and this is one that was really high up, you know, we were talking a year ago and ended up losing his job to the aforementioned Caleb Williams, and that's Spencer Rattler, uh, previously from Oklahoma, transferring to South Carolina. And I'm I'm adding him to this list because he's fallen so far down people's rankings and people are so down on him that I think now he's, he's an obvious guy to, to add because the talent is still there. And and that's really never been the question. It's more around maybe some maturity and decision-making. And I think, you know, he can, he can grow out of that. He can, you know, mature as he gets older. I mean, we do have to remind ourselves these, these guys are young. I mean, you know, 18, 19 years old, it, it's a lot of responsibility. Maybe just didn't handle it right at Oklahoma. And early reports are sounding sounding good at South Carolina that he's you know he's he's saying all the right things, he's doing all the right things, and you know kind of being a leader right from the from the word go. And you know less pressure, but still in a in a good conference. So I I think I think Rattler's going to pop back up after this next season. And, you know, if, if he, you know, he's going to declare because he didn't this year, he could be a guy that, that all of a sudden we're, we're talking, Hey, he could be a first round pick again. And, and there you go. If you're, you're acquiring him now and he ends up being a first round pick, that makes him a lot more valuable. He's definitely one of those guys, right? That, I mean, his value plummeted last season, right? So, I mean, if he can come in and just, be the guy that I think I know he can be. I mean, he's still got this crazy arm talent. He didn't lose, as you said, any of that arm talent. It's just the decision-making process was just 
was just bad, right? He just he just didn't look good from his decision making process a lot of times. Well, he's going to a team where he doesn't have to compete for national titles. Honestly, like South Carolina is not going to have the pressure of having to compete for a national title that he had at Oklahoma. He's not going to have a five star prospect and Caleb Williams waiting to take his job. I mean, there was just a lot of pressure on that Oklahoma offense and on that Oklahoma team that he's just not going to have to compete with at South Carolina. He can just go in there and just run the team, get better, work through some of these problems that he's working with, and he could easily climb in stock. I mean, I think that's a phenomenal pick. All right. I love it. Let's stick at quarterback for our your <laughs> last riser. And, Matt, you're going to have to talk me into, me into this one. Because this is this is an interesting one. I, I like it. It's a familiar name, but it's not one that people are high on any longer. Who do you got? It is not one that people are high on any longer. But I'm going to tell you what I think. It's one that I think people should be a little higher on. Um, I don't know if that you want this qualifies as a riser skip um, as much as it does a buy low for a riser opportunity, right? And that is um, the Pittsburgh transfer quarterback Keaton Slovis um, transferred um, over from USC. I mean, he came in. Um, he was a five-star prospect. He came in, took um, took uh, JT Daniels' job as a freshman. Looked phenomenal. Um, accuracy was great. He had a really good arm talent. He's had to deal with some injuries, though. Um, decision-making process, like Spencer Rattler, just uh, looked off. He had um, a subpar season. Didn't take that step up this season that we expected him to. And then he had some ja- he had Jackson Dart um, kind of splitting carries and splitting time with Jackson Dart this season. Just just a subpar season. Um, this year, and he, he's fallen in a lot of people's rankings. Um, recent draft I just pulled up right now. Um, he just went um, the most recent draft that I had at pick fifteen oh three, so one seventy one overall. Um, I'm going to tell you what, Skip. I think that Keaton Keaton Slovis is just a huge value um, right now. You look at that team. You've got the former Bolitnikov winner Jordan Addison on that team. You've got the transfer from Ak- um, from uh, Akron, Kanata Mumfield, transferring over. So you've got a really decent wide receiver core. Uh, Mumfield, um, for those who don't know, over 700 yards. I think he had uh, seven or eight touchdowns for Akron, um, transferring over. Um, just they're gonna he's he's gonna get open. I mean, he's a great route runner. Um, he's able to get in and out of his break cleanly. We all know what Jordan Addison can do. I'm not going to hype up on him more than we already do on this podcast. I mean, Jordan Addison is a phenomenal player, great slot receiver that showed that he can move outside this season. So they've got two phenomenal wide receivers. Um, they've got a running game um, in a Bonaconda that it's going to take some pressure off the quarterback. And what I really like about Slovis this year, um, you look at what Kenny Pickett did this year, right? Um, the tune of 4,319 yards, 42 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Um, in, my, in my eyes, and you might disagree with me, but in my eyes, Kenny Pickett is not a phenomenal quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 2,400 yards his junior year, 13 touchdowns, 3,013 sophomore year. Just under 2,012 touchdowns to six interceptions his freshman year. Um, he didn't really take command of that offense until his senior year. Um, came out, he I, it took the Bolitnikoff Award winner, Jordan Addison, going off for him to have a great season. And what did that do? That vaulted him up into the first-round conversation. He's, he's now uh, middle to end of the first-round pick. And a lot of these drafts that I'm seeing – Look, if Slovis just comes in and does what Kenny Pickett does, Slovis still has the accuracy. He's still, I still believe in the arm talent that he has. 
Um, he's still an accurate quarterback, and that's what I want out of my quarterbacks. I want you to be accurate, be able to complete passes. If he can just utilize the weapons that are around him, he's going to put up the stats, and he's going to be talked about as a, a first or second round quarterback in this upcoming draft. And I, I would hazard to say he's going to be a first round quarterback in this upcoming draft because what do we play in? We play in a league that is quarterback driven. And if he if you've got a first round quarterback on your roster for the price of pick 171, that is a screaming value that you can sell for much more than you're paying for it right now. I I think the the logic and and you you mentioned it right away the logic that that makes sense to me is he's so low now that the buy low right he he's a throw in in a, in a in a bigger trade like you know you're you're going after something else and you're thinking you know what I I would love to get Slobus thrown in here and, and you know it's like hey you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go after this piece I'm gonna offer you this piece and I'm gonna just throw in slow Slobus you know take a shot right and it's going to cost you next to nothing to to acquire him. And worst case scenario is he doesn't improve. And you didn't and spend you anything spent, for You spent very little, so who cares, right? Best case scenario, you outlined, and he becomes, you know, in the first round pick conversation. But there's, there's a middle ground in there, too, where if he starts to do good things, you know, with Pittsburgh. He's at least a CDC asset. Well, there's that, and you can you can trade him then. Like, don't even wait for the draft. Just you know, as he's playing, all of a sudden he's putting up good numbers. All right, his value went up. Now you can get more than what it took you to acquire him, and and you made some profit there. So, yeah, I think I think that's a great. Those are great guys to target if if someone's just willing to get get them off their roster. Like like they spent a, a pick on them, and probably a higher pick than than you know definitely higher than what it, what it's going to take to acquire just you know throw it out you never know somebody there's always somebody that's just like man this guy's not going anywhere i'm done with him i'll take whatever i can get and and that's you know that's where i think you can you can capitalize on that you know there there might be somebody out there that feels that way about you know DJ Uangalele too i mean talk about a horrible season last year personally uh, on the teams where i've got him i'm i'm holding it's like you know i'm going to wait wait this out but you know, I could I could see where if if I get a decent enough offer, it's like, yep, I'm willing to move on. So I, I like that from that strategy. I'm gonna go back to to wide receivers from a riser perspective. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna necessarily name anyone specifically, but I'll mention the guys that that could because I think there's a lot of potential there. And that's going to Alabama and really the wide receiver core is who I'm talking about here. And it's only because you know they have talent, you know they have a good quarterback, you know they're well coached, they're going to play against good competition, so they're they're good. And it's just a matter of who's going to step up, because there's a lot of opportunity there. I mean, I I happen to be a big fan of JoJo Earl. He's a little on the smaller side, but I think his his athletic traits make him a, a really attractive prospect. I I heard in spring he's been running with the one, so. That says a lot. They got Jermaine Burton, a transfer from Georgia. He could be the guy, like the number one guy, you know, kind of like Jamison Williams, right, who yep. leaves Ohio State, yep. goes to Alabama. That could be Jamison Williams part deux. So there's there's another guy. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks has looked good. I'm a little concerned about Ajay Hall because just seems like there's some some attitude problems there. Again, he was a freshman, so he's young. 
he can grow out of that. But you know, it, it he he's definitely got the the athleticism in the body. But man, there's there's a lot of talent there, and and you know, you know, you know, a couple of these guys are going to end up. You know, by the end of the the season, mid to end of the season, we're going to be talking about him as man. These guys are going to be first round picks. I mean, we saw it. You know, a couple of years ago with all those guys, we got Jamison Williams tears his ACL, probably still going to be a first round pick. And you know, somewhere in there, Mechie's going to go. I mean, not first round, but he's still a good wide receiver. Yeah. And man, they just he'll still so he'll much still talent. go he'll still go day two. Yeah, yeah, so much talent. So that's I just you know look for those Alabama wide receivers because. None of them have hit yet, so now's the time to go go find the ones. You know, if your if your Debbie league isn't paying as much attention, you know, pay attention to spring practices. Look to see what's going on. Look at the spring game. Who do you like? And and that can really be helpful. So that's it for the uh, for the Bama wide receivers and. We we're gonna do fallers next. We we're each kind of picking one one guy or one group. But who is? Oh, I can't believe this. Who is your faller? For those of you listening, you might want to be sitting down for this next player mentioned by at Debbie Matt Matt Jackson. It, who it is? It is a dark day and in, in, in the podcast history, um, Skip. But my faller is none other than Auburn running back Tank Bigsby. Um, and I hope you guys are sitting down for that. Um, but, yes, I, I did mention Tank Bigsby as not a riser but a faller. And I'm not I'm not dumb and I'm not blind. And I realize that, yes, he's still a, he's still a hit. He's still going to be a great NFL running back, I think. But he's, he's definitely a faller for me. Um, when you look at it, um, he's got some stuff um, that I saw this season that – I just want to see him clean up a little bit. I mean, just lateral movement didn't look as great this year. Um, he didn't look as powerful and just as agile a runner this year. And there were moments where freshman running back Jarquez Hunter, when he came in, um, I mean, Jarquez Hunter was averaging 10 yards a touch at one point in the season. I mean, just looked like a more dynamic running back than Tech Bigsby did at the time. And I still think far and away Tech Bigsby is the better running back. Um, I think there were some coaching issues behind that. Um, but a lot of my reasons for him as a faller is just the Devi landscape as a whole now. <clears throat> when you look at it, um, there's a lot of guys right now where la- last year I was taking him as my my RB2, my RB3, and you know top half of the first round. There's a situation in in Devi right now where he's still going back half of, back back into the first round. I could see him slipping out of the first round before it's all said and done. Um, by, by the time we see a lot of these guys play. I mean, you're looking at it. I mean, who are the guys you want now for sure ahead of him? For me, it's C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young at quarterback. I know I for sure want B. John Robinson, Travion Henderson, Jameer Gibbs. And I, you could probably talk me into Zach Evans ahead of Tank Bigsby uh, with as good as he looks laterally between the tackles, agility-wise. I mean, Zach Evans just looks like a better running back. I know you want Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you want Kayshawn Boutte above Tank Bigsby. That already leaves him in the back half of the first round. I mean, if Xavier Worthy has a, a an exp- another explosive year, you get some of these running backs come in. I mean, Branson Robinson, Nicholas Singleton, some of these freshman running backs that I really, really like to explode in their situation. I mean, there's a real case that, that Tank Bigsby slips to, to the top of the second round and becomes a faller. And it feels disgusting to say, and I hate saying it, but you got you got it, you gotta admit it. 
Man, he sounds like a buy low guy to me. I mean, if people are are down on him, then then maybe you know, go see. Maybe you can get him, you know, for cheaper than you could a, a year ago. That's for sure. I, I mean, I think you nailed it on the on the order. Like everybody's top three seems to be for the most part. It's 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 Bijan, it's Jameer, it's Travion, and then the next the next level you've got you know, a tear break tank Bigsby and Zach Evans. I mean, I've got them right next to each other. And then you start getting into either, either last year's freshmen who, who haven't hit yet that we are still high on or the incoming class or guys that, that came, you know, came up last year, you know, like a Sean Tucker that we weren't expecting. Right. And so, you know, how good do you think those guys are? So, yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. I, I'm going to ask this. If if he were a a rookie in the draft this year, where do you think he ranks with with the best guys in the twenty twenty two class? He if he were a rookie this year, he ranks three for me. I still got Brees Hall and Traylon Burks ahead of him, um, but then he slides in right at three. Oh oh three overall. Okay, three I was overall, I was yeah. meaning just with the running backs, but there you go. Yeah, you've got him three. So you've got him as the the number two running back yeah. if he were in this class. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think in that in that case, if if you're looking, you know, if you happen to have one of those guys, you know, one of those rookies already on your roster, and you're thinking, oh, I can go out and get, maybe I can get Tank Bigsby. Maybe I can I can see if somebody's willing to to take, you know, Kenneth Walker the third, or someone's willing to take. Uh, one of the wide receivers because the wide receivers are so deep and I'm going to, I'm going to grab tank Bigsby because I like him for next year. So just kind of playing with the value there. Cause I think there's a lot of, a lot of learning that we can do as Devi managers by doing that exercise is don't just rank your Devi assets and don't just rank your rookies rank, you know, rank your rookies with your Devi assets or combine, you know, last year's rookies and this year's class, and then Debbie, and where, you know, you're on the clock for each one, which guy do you pick? And that tells you a lot about where you would, you know, where you would rank players, right? And if you guys don't know how to do that, you can join patreon.com forward slash Debbie database. And I've got a ranking like that just for you guys, especially. I'm, I'm telling you there, there's a lot of value in that people. It, it, we, we went through this exercise, you know, on, on the Debbie show, Dwight and I, and it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be to do a, you know, the, the first two rounds weren't bad, right? But the next two rounds, it's like, holy cow, man, comparing these Debbie players to to rookies and, and last year's rookie class, it was, it's it's fun, but you learn a lot about who you value more. And then I, I was actually, as I was making picks, I was adjusting my rankings accordingly. Like, well, if this is the guy I'm picking, then I should have him ranked over everybody else on the that's above him. So I'm moving him up or moving him down. So something to something to keep in mind. For sure. All right. Let's go to the you know, really the 2022 incoming freshman. I know you've probably done, you know, more homework than than I have. You're deeper into that. Um, you can talk about if there's a couple of guys just from an individual standpoint you want to call out but in general you know where do you have the class what is the strength of this class coming in for, for sure the strength of this class is quarterback and running back if you need a quarterback in this class this class is easily seven or eight deep 
maybe even more with guys that I think that can be really, really solid producers. Um, running back, I mean, you got guys like Nicholas Singleton, Branson Robinson, Jadon Blue. I mean, really, really strong running back class as well. And there's even a few wide receivers that I like as well. But, I mean, the strength of this class is definitely quarterback and running back. I mean, quarterback, I like guys um, like Devin Brown for Ohio State. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that is just an absolute baller. Skip, I know I gave you your homework to go watch draft day. Part two of your homework, um, being a little teacher here, go watch some film of Devin Brown, the incoming incoming freshman for Ohio State. Because I'm telling you right now, this kid is an absolute baller. I mean, this kid is far and above advanced, like one of the best quarterback prospects that I think I've ever scouted up, up, up to date. I mean, I, I can't rave about this kid enough. What This kid's arm talent, his level throws, his accuracy, his, his advancement, the way he reads defenses, looks off defenses, it's – Super impressive. Um, running backs also, some of the deep dives that I like. I mean, I've really hyped up guys like Rayshon Luke. Rayshon Luke, his nickname is Speedy, and you you see that in his film. I mean, this kid is just lightning in a freaking bottle. Dynamic every time he touches the ball, and he's going to play with Jaden DeLora. I mean, just a perfect pairing in Arizona. I think they're going to just blow the college football scene um, away. So, I mean, quarterback and running back, this class is super strong. Um, it's going to compare very, very favorably um, to the 2023 class, except better running backs. And I'm going to give you a little a little side note. The 2024 class, I've already started my prep on that, even better. Good grief, man. You are killing it. I love it. Again, join the Patreon. This is what you get. Yeah, I in my cursory look, I, I like some of the quarterbacks. I did, I did have the same notes on, on Brown, and I was really concerned that Ohio State wouldn't have a good quarterback, so... Whew, I'll be able to sleep better at night tonight, so that is good to see. The running backs excite me. I tend to get the most excited about the the freshman running back, but but man, they those top like four to five guys, and you and like you said, there's gonna be deeper guys that end up being really good. So if those those top ones hit, it's like wow, this this could be a a really awesome running back class, and that kind of gets me to you know in general on this this class. I, I think those are your risers. Like if you're in a deeper Debbie league where you start to see more of these incoming freshmen go in your Debbie drafts, you know, take your chances on the running backs. They, they can go up, you know, fairly quickly, especially if, if you think they're going to get playing time and, and they'll, they'll hit faster in my opinion. So I, I like to focus on, on the freshman running backs. I will tell you right now, uh, in, in this point in my process, I have three must drafts in, in my draft so far. Three guys that I'm giving my must draft um, signed to. That is um, quarterback Devin Brown um, for Ohio State, running back Rayshon Luke for Arizona, and wide receiver Kayon Grayus for Ohio State. Those are my three guys. Um, if you are in drafts, make sure you grab those guys. That wide receiver, Kayon Grayus, is going to be the next great Ohio State wide receiver. This kid is, I mean, consistently is getting eight yards of separation, and it's not because the competition he's playing is horrible. It's because this dude is just dynamically awesome at getting in and out of his breaks and and is just incredibly fast. Um, All right. I love it. Three names that, that you got to have there. And I'm going to wrap this up you know, with, with my kind of, not fallers, but it's always my caution to people on, on freshman quarterbacks because they're harder to hit, even though you like the class. If you're going to take a freshman quarterback, be ready to be patient because they don't always play. 
and and you just you never know what's going to happen. I want to go over the 2021 freshmen. So these are all names that have been in college for a year and just kind of talk about, you know, where they're at, right? We got Quinn Ewers who who moved from this year's class to last year's class. He he didn't lose any value, but he didn't play it down. Caleb Williams looks great. Came in. He was the the number 2 guy in the 24/7 rankings. So so far so good, right? Next guy, Sam Heward nothing like I think he played one game at the end and it was sketchy you know it's just one game right but still it, he's not a hit yet Drake May at North Carolina hasn't played Brock Vandegrift at Georgia JJ McCarthy nothing Caden Salter is an interesting name um athletic but again we know nothing about him now Kyle McCord is now you know sitting there in Ohio State on the bench so nothing there Ty Thompson at Oregon Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame could get his chance this year. But again, you had to wait. I mean, he played a little bit, and he's got athleticism, but he hasn't been the guy. And then you you get outside the top 10, and it's more names you haven't heard. You go down to 13 before you hit the next name that you get excited about, and that's Jackson Dart at, you know, was at USC. So it's, I mean, we're talking one out of 10 of the top 10 got us excited last year, Caleb Williams. And the rest of them were all in a holding pattern on. And that that continues as you continue to go down the list of guys. So just want to, to caution people when we say, you know, be careful on, on the quarterbacks, that's why. It's just, it's it's not common to come in and play as a freshman right away. So it's, it's really hard to predict. I mean, obviously if you're in a campus to Canton League, well then, you're gonna you're gonna take more chances because you know bigger rosters and and more players are gone, so that's that's fine. But you know, from a Devi perspective, uh, that's why I always tell people like if you're doing a startup and you you draft the NFL side first, if they're separate drafts, I like to make sure I'm set at NFL at quarterback, so I don't need to worry about Devi, and then I can I can focus on running backs and wide receivers, and and my hit rate's gonna be a lot stronger. So that that's kind of my final. Final piece of advice out there for those who haven't heard it before, because I've been been singing this song for a year or so. So, <laughs> and that goes to other positions as well. I mean, you see the same hit rates for running back, wide receiver, tight end. I mean, hit rates are low, so I mean, really, really pay attention and don't don't expect to get a ninety, an eighty, ninety percent hit rate on these freshman classes because it doesn't happen. Yes, that is that is <laughs> correct. That is uh, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. All right, we've talked about the the Patreon and the stuff you're working on. Remind everyone about everything that, that you've got going on. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Devi Matt. Um, my Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database. I will drop it on this pod skip. Um, special little teaser for you guys. It'll be the first time that I put it out, um, so you get to hear it. But um, I'm re- I'm getting ready here to put on my Patreon. Three bucks a month will get you into this, but. Um, I'm going, I'm starting to break down. You guys have seen on Twitter. I'm starting to break down the 2024 class. Um, if you sub to the Patreon, you guys will get access to not only, um, my video, um, breakdowns that I'll be posting on the Patreon, but you'll also get access to a database that will have my scouting notes, scouting scores on these 
2024 freshman. You'll have all of my notes on these guys. So it'll get you ready for your class next year, get you one step ahead of all these drafts. And you'll have my literally every note that I have in my book, you guys will have right there on the screen for you. So, I mean, just talk about massive value. Make sure you get in, get, make, make sure you guys get in there just for that. Excellent. And be sure to check out that other podcast. You mentioned the the quarterback episodes. Remind them again just you know what what that was about because I think it's if if, if they missed it, you want to go back and listen to it. It was an awesome podcast. Yeah, yeah. So the other podcast I do is Campus Visit. I'm doing it with Adam Lewis on Twitter. We have had um our friend of the show, um Sean McAvoy on the show twice. Um make sure you go and listen to the first show. It is on the Devi Marketplace feed, but the second show um on there. Um, I just go look for, I think it's titled QB shop talk with Sean McAvoy on, on the Debbie marketplace feed. Make sure you guys definitely go check that out. Um, we, he literally takes the time to sit down and break down the mechanics of a quarterback. What makes, what makes you a good pocket passer? Like what makes you accurate? What, what gives you a, a quarterback, the ability to have a strong arm? I mean, breaks down everything. It was dynamic. I mean, it'll be one of the best podcasts. I promise you. Um, it'll be one of the best podcasts you listen to all year. So definitely make sure you go check that out. Yeah, he he's not overselling it, people. Um, I listened to this one, and I was it was after my early morning workout, so I'm at home. I'm I'm you know doing some dishes. I'm making breakfast. You know, kind of getting ready to to log in and, and start working. And I'm listening to this, and I I'm texting Matt as I'm I'm listening to the podcast. I'm like, dude, this is amazing. This is awesome. And he gets into that part that you were describing where, you know, breaking down the mechanics. And I'm not kidding you. I was literally doing it like myself, like going through the mechanics of throwing a football. I'm I'm no quarterback, but it completely, it completely changes. It completely changes the way you watch film. Oh, it it just yeah, and just so I could visualize what, what you guys were talking about. It was it was so good and he and he really does a great job of breaking it down so that we can understand what he's saying. Like you, you don't have to be a quarterback expert to to understand it. So that was that was fantastic. It was, it was great stuff. Be sure to check that out and the Patreon as well. Of course, I am at Skip Newton thirty one on Twitter. Uh, also one of the Debbie team writers for NFLDraftBible.com, and I do the Debbie Show with Dwight on Sports Illustrated's NFL Draft Bible Podcast Network. We got you covered on everything. So check that out if you will. We will make this more frequently. I promise you we'll be back. Try to focus on more frequent but shorter episodes. I think that'll help. So get the Devi Happy Hour back in people's podcast listening pleasure. For Matt at Devi Matt, I am Skip. Thank you everybody for listening. It's great to be back and as always, be a good human. <laughs>